You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here we go. It is episode number 10 of the Rosie Report regular season roundup weekend recap edition. How's that for a long time? Jim Rosen now is along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland as we join you taking a look back at the weekend that was in a interleague matchup with the Miami Marlins. And uh, just for your planning purposes here on the show, we'll recap the weekend in just a moment. Later on in the show, we'll get a full report on AAA Columbus from Farm Director Rob Serfolio. He's the Director of Player Development for the Guardians and obviously a, a lot to like down at uh, AAA Columbus. We saw, again, a, another reason why the Guardians are so high on so many of their pitching prospects in the minor leagues with Logan Allen making his major league debut in impressive fashion on Sunday. But uh, Rob will have an update not only on the pitching prospects but some really strong position player prospects as well. So that's a little bit later on in our podcast today. But first, a look back at the weekend and it got off to a slow start because of a rainout on Friday night with Miami in town. So that made for a doubleheader on Saturday and a frustrating doubleheader for the Guardians as they were swept by Miami by scores of 6-1 to one and 3-2. to two. But a bounce-back day yesterday, and man, oh man, did they bounce back as they had plenty of offense. Big day at the plate from Ahmed Rosario, who had... A triple, double, and single on a a big day at the plate for him. A four-hit day for uh, Rosario. And then also Jose Ramirez with a home run. Josh Bell stayed hot. So plenty of offense. But the big story, the major league debut of Logan Allen. It could not have gone better as he worked into the sixth inning. And here's the last pitch he threw. Logan T. Allen finishing up what's been a tremendous effort today in his major league debut. The one-two. Called strike three on the outside corner. If that's it, what a way to finish with his eighth strikeout. And he heads back to the dugout with the Guardians in front, four to one, heading to the bottom half of the sixth inning. And I said Logan T. Allen there because for the longest time in his career, he was one of two Logan Allens, both left handed pitchers in the the Cleveland organization, Logan S. Allen, who spent parts of four seasons in the major leagues with the Guardians, um, now not with the organization any longer, but uh, for a while there, they were both in the organization, creating confusion for fans. And Logan T. Allen, the one who pitched yesterday, says that uh, it's still common occurrence when he's signing autographs, people will put a baseball card in front of him and the picture is the other Logan Allen. So some uh, confusion there for a while, but probably not anymore as uh, Logan T. Allen was superb yesterday with six innings, allowing just one run to go along with eight strikeouts, something that's very uncommon for any organization. And it's only happened those set of numbers two other times in franchise history. Tristan McKenzie and Louis Tion did it in their major league debuts. So some good stuff from Allen, and after the game, Terry Francona, Guardians manager, talked about his performance. That's sort of the command and the performance you've been hearing about with Logan for a while. Yeah, and I, you know, I wanted to be careful 
kind of said, I guess it wasn't here, it was Rosie, you know, his first five, six innings are going to define who he is. It's sure nice to see that. One, it gave us a better chance to win. Kind of gives, I think, our guys in the clubhouse a boost. Um, he had poise through three pitches, attacked. He, he, he did really well. He did really well. See, or what does Rosario mean to your lineup when he's able to get the energy that he gave today? He's the kind of that difference maker. You know, I mean, I think you have to be patient with him early because there's that combination of speed and, you know, he's usually right in the middle of stuff. When he gets going, all of a sudden, then you see Hosey's got the hole and they got to worry about him running. So things kind of tie together. Well, it just simply is just he's just kind of found his stroke because it seems like he's a completely different hitter than he was maybe two weeks ago. I, I wish I had a better way of explaining it. And you've heard me say it probably ad nauseum, but hitters with a track record, they get as hot as they got cold. I, I It's hard to figure it out, but they do. And it's we're going to enjoy and Nailers, Naylor's, I think, going to come now, too. I know it got a little close late, but you talked about just trying to get a game spread out. And just what does that do for everybody? The hitter, everybody. A little well, bit. And I think I said you want to spread it out so if you make a mistake, it doesn't cost you a win. It didn't. So that's the good part. A much-needed win, to be sure, for the Guardians. Seven to four against Miami, setting up a three-game series that starts on Monday night here at Progressive Field against the Rockies. Well, as promised earlier in the podcast, we had a chance to catch up with Rob Serfolio over the weekend. He's the director of player development for the Guardians, and he's been following AAA Columbus, which is just loaded with big-time prospects, and we saw one of them in Logan Allen over the weekend. There's more to come, and when we caught up with Rob, first time this season where we've chatted with him as the season has moved along, and as he says, it's great to get out and see some of the young talent in the organization. It's that time of year where the young guys are out competing and try and show what they can do and see them in some game action versus we play against ourselves quite a bit in spring training. So it's nice to see them go head-to-head and uh, toe the mound or the plate with, uh, with guys in different uniforms, which is, which is awesome. And I know our staff really enjoy being back out there on the road, kind of going through the grind. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun time of year. Now, let's start with Columbus and with some pitching injuries here and, and really some other injuries too. It's maybe at this point in the season has been a little bit more busy than, than you would expect. Yeah, a little bit, especially early on, you know, with the weather and the new travel schedule playing all over the place, there's some additional hurdles that are, uh, our major league team faces. And in the minor leagues, we're here to support our major league team. And so um, doing everything we can in AAA to make sure that, We've got guys ready to come up here and compete and help our team win um, while also still trying to work towards some of their developmental goals with, with such young teams across the board for us is a fun dynamic to try and balance. All right, we're one minute in. What about Tanner Bybee? Uh, we don't, you can't say when he's coming up. Uh, we don't know. Um, but very excited, I'm sure, to see the start that he's off to. Tanner Bybee, a good young prospect. Yeah, I wish we had the crystal ball <laughs> of when that day is going to come. I feel pretty confident that it will come, and at least with Tanner, you know, I think one of the the exciting things for you know the fans that will get to see him at some point, or either are seeing him now in AAA, is just the behind the scenes work ethic and knowledge of craft and the way that he kind of 
um, is still learning and developing as a young pitcher. I mean, we've only had him for one full season in our organization. So it's pretty impressive that he's made it to AAA this fast. And so, again, like I mentioned, it's how do we prepare him to come up here and have success? Tito's big thing is it's not about making it to the major leagues. It's about making it to the major leagues and helping us win. And so that's kind of the mindset we're trying to really hammer out with these guys in AAA while also making sure that, like, hey, they know these are their one to two highest leverage things to keep working on. And um, one of the cool things about Bibes is just, like, his attention to detail and how competitive he is and our, our group in, in Columbus and our coordinator staff that was in there with me this past week is doing a great job of trying to zero in on the, the things that are going to allow him to have success when he's hopefully out here in, at Progressive Field with a Guardians uniform on soon. I thought it was interesting, too. He's had some great lines in his, his early starts. But the other night, um, some struggles getting some strike calls that yep. I'm sure he thought were good. I know his teammates did <laughs> and the bench did. Uh, how did he handle that, some adversity there? Yeah, you know, it, it was uh, it was great. I actually joked around with him once he was out of the game and then the next day just of, like, all these opportunities are development opportunities and trying to frame that. Like, yeah, I'm squeezy a little bit. That's probably going to happen again, whether you're in AAA or in the major leagues. Like, there are things that we can learn and take away from those experiences to, to make you better next time because that's certainly going to happen again. And it was just great to see him have to work through that. And like I said, our staff was – you know, challenging him with, okay, what are the takeaways for you both in-game or when that happens again? Like, how can you be better for that experience next go-around? And um, he did a great job navigating that, and it wasn't his best line, and he wasn't overly thrilled about his performance, especially coming off what he did the week prior in, in Worcester. Uh, but great opportunity for him to, to, to get pushed and to learn something and, uh, and hopefully grow from that. All right, there's more down at the AAA level, and we'll Check that out with Rob Serfolio after this. Welcome back to Guardians Warm-Up. Rob Serfolio joining us, the Director of Player Development for the Guardians. Uh, we talked about Tanner Bybee in our first segment. Uh, Logan Allen, we saw a fair amount of him in spring training as well, and it seems like he's off to a good start on the mound too. He has, and you know, I think credit to L.A. with just how hard he worked and dedicated he was in the offseason. You know, we talked about him a lot last year, Rosie, too, of Guy absolutely crushed high A in 2021, dominated double A at the end of that year, did the same thing for the first half of last year and got to triple A. And he'd be the first to tell you that, especially early on, like he struggled a little bit more than he ever has as a pro. And there were some things that we thought we could target in the offseason that would put him in a position to to improve and go out there and succeed. And to his credit, he put in the work, and I think we're seeing some of that work shine through already with just his velocity and the quality of his stuff and how consistent some of his secondary has been. Um, so another guy like you know, similar to Bobby that we're really excited about we think is not a finished product by any means. We got you know all of our players, we try and come you know, instill that mindset of we're never at the finish line, but what are the things you can do to go from good to great? And, and Logan's done a tremendous job of digging into the details of those conversations. Now, in the pen, a little bit different in that you, you have some veteran arms down there, uh, pitchers that we saw who were in major league spring training camp on the minor league deals. And um, how are they doing to try and get themselves on the radar here if there's a need? Yeah, like you said, it's it's spot on. It's a little bit different than even, especially towards the second half of last year in Columbus where we had some younger guys that are now on the 40-man helping out our major league team. And especially different comparing it to some of our other levels where it's mostly all – in-house players that we drafted or acquired internationally where 
we have a handful of guys that are, you know, trying to make a case for a job in the major leagues. And that's been really fun, both for our younger starters and younger relievers to kind of pick the brains of guys that have more experience and even some major league time. And, and those guys are, are really working hard with Cody Bukel and, and Owen Dew to, to prepare themselves for an opportunity should it come up. And uh, the names you, you might hear about would be Tuki Toussaint, Mike Kelly, and Caleb Barriger. On to the position player front with Rob Serfolio. Uh, Brian Rocchio, we saw him for a day, <laughs> and he did not get a chance to play, but uh, he was up here because of some injury issues, but also off to a wonderful start at Columbus. Yeah, and he did blame me. I happened to be there the day he came back down as if I was the reason he came back down, but it was fun to it was fun to see Roke yesterday in Columbus and just hear some of his, even though it was only 24 hours, some of his takeaways of getting that first call up, which was cool. And, and yeah, you know, another young, another young kid position player that we pushed last year up there at the end of the year, and to see him kind of, continue to slow the game down and really work on some of like the like he's a super talented player we all know that and continuing to grow just as he gets older with the tactical side of the game and I know that Andy Tracy's talked to him a ton about that and same with Junior Patances on the on the hitting side to like really have a plan and an approach and learn some of like the things that veteran players learn with more and more experience and and Rokio's done a great job trying to you know dig in and ask people's thoughts on those things and um yeah i think we're, we're really excited for what the rest of the year is going to look like for him i wanted to, to touch on something that you talked about he's in detroit on wednesday yeah. and then he's playing in columbus on thursday and maybe it's maybe it's not this maybe it's not the same anymore but the years i was in triple a you had 72 hours to come back and report. I don't know if that's still the case, it is. but it doesn't seem like that's ever on the radar for any of the players who go back down to Columbus when they're here. And, and to even add to that, it was a day game on Thursday, yesterday. And from what I heard from, from Andy Tracy, and he called him, I was sitting right next to him, that there was no hesitation that Roke was in the lineup the next day and was, I can't use the word excited to be sent back down to AAA, but there was not even a, a second thought that he was going to come down and, and play shortstop the next day. And that's what he told Trace. And he was in the lineup for a, for a 12.05 start yesterday, which was, uh, which was pretty cool. Tyler Freeman is here now. Um, have you seen someone get off to or as, as hot a stretch as he was on yeah. at the time of his call-up? Because it seemed like he really got some things going offensively. He did. And I, and I think, you know, just the peeling back some of the layers of the onion on that one of, like, he struggled in, in spring training a little bit. And, um, you know, some of the things that, just like all of our players, were pushing them to take that next step from how do you go from really good minor leaguer to really good major leaguer. Like, that gap is – it's a really hard thing to do. And with T-Free, you know, there were some things, especially in, on the offensive side of the ball, that the group was really pushing him towards. And it takes time to gain confidence and it takes time to gain consistency. And I think – we're starting to see some of that, especially that week where he just absolutely went off in, in Worcester. And there were some some signals that it was starting to show through before that, which is what was really exciting. And then to see him have some performance results behind that obviously makes it that much easier. And just, you know, such a great kid that everyone loves being around and just really works hard every time he has an opportunity. And it's uh, it's always fun to see that hard work really start to pay off. And, you know, hopefully he gets more and more opportunities up here with uh, – with the big league team to continue to show through. Catcher Bo Naylor, uh, obviously for any catcher who's a young prospect, there's a lot on their plate. Uh, seems like he's handling it well. Uh, what have you seen so far? 
Yeah, I think you nailed it. And again, I think we sometimes lose context with how young Bo is and how much we've pushed him year over year and just his maturity and ability to do the things off the field to be a really good catcher is not easy. That's a lot of communication with the pitcher, the pitching coach, the the knowledge of the team you're facing that night from a catching standpoint and how that affects pitch calling and and really knowing the starter and the relievers that you're likely to see that day is it's just been really fun to watch Bo continue to grow and get older and and get better and better at all those things and then not to mention you know he can do what he can on the field from the offensive side and you know I think he's got a couple home runs under his belt already and is doing a good job controlling the strike zone and things that we've seen him do for a long time but um, just his ability to continually raise his game both on and off field is is exciting. Over the years when Terry Francona talks about a player and he says he's interesting, that kind of perks your ears up because it means you, you should probably keep an eye on him. Micah Priest, I, I think, might have hit that category in spring training because yeah. Tito talked about him as being an interesting player. How come? For, I think, a lot of different reasons. One, from you just look at – what he does when he's in game from a performance side of things like it's uh it's rare to see a guy that puts the ball in play but puts the ball in play with some authority as consistently as he does and then he's versatile he can play first he can run and go play both corner outfield spots um he stole 20 bags last year like you quietly put some of the pieces together for for what Micah can do on the field, and it's a pretty impressive package, and he's just such a humble kid. The way he kind of goes about his work is really unassuming, um, and so I kind of think it fits nicely for his his personality and just how he got to this point of, of never being on prospect lists or anything like that and having injuries early in his career but just not letting those things affect him, and now he's finding himself in a in a role where he's playing every day and playing multiple positions, and he's earned that by the way that he's gotten better each year. Um, and obviously what he did to impact, you know, kind of the major league staff with how he went about his work and, and performed during spring training is awesome. So, you know, another guy that's gotten off to a good start, and we're excited for things to come with him as well. And a, a position player who hasn't gotten off to a good start is John Kenzie Noel. But explain some of the things that you're seeing that are, that are positives for him and the challenges at a, at a high level for him. Yeah, you know, it, it almost reminds me of some of the things we talked about with Bo last year of, you look at youngest players at the AAA level, and you're going to see John Kenzie's name right up there. Is the I think he was the second or third youngest player to start the year in that league. So we know that we challenged him. Um, we expected to see some regression from a performance standpoint. We're so early in the year; we're not really putting a microscope on guys' OPS or you know things like that. Uh, but we want to see some of the future predictors of that of how they're going about their work and how they're attacking some of the the developmental goals that we have for them and um we're always under construction in those zones and i think that's a the right way to to frame the conversation around noel currently but what's great just being there is watching him go about his work and a guy that we asked to to learn how to play outfield and he's out there taking balls off the machine uh, you know, the last two days with, with Greg Desenzo. And so the way he's going about his work and just his maturity and not overreacting to bad results is impressive for, for a kid that's 21 years old and is one of the youngest players in that league. And 
it's not easy trying to make those tactical adjustments facing more veteran pitchers. And so um, we're excited about the challenge he has in front of him. And um, I'm, you know, I would expect us to see him to continue to go about his work in the way that he is right now, despite, you know, not lighting up the scoreboard with any numbers right now. Well, Rob, I know a lot going on at Columbus. Thanks a lot for the time. Great to see you, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, likewise. Good to be back. Always fun to visit with Rob Serfolio, catching up on the farm system and specifically this week, AAA Columbus. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Rosie Report regular season roundup. Thanks so much for tuning in, and thanks, as always, for downloading and listening to the Rosie Report.